I call your attention to the words of our text. Proverbs 22, verses 17 to 21. Solomon says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your hearts to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Have I not written for you thirty sayings of counsel and knowledge to make you know what is right and true, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you? This is our text. As a kid, I hated math. And like many generations of school children, I asked, without really wanting an answer, what good is learning decimals going to do me? My father made it clear that it would help me avoid a whipping. So that was relevant. My teacher tried to explain that I'd be able to handle money and not let others cheat me. Well, in those days, I never saw any money. So that seemed kind of remote. But eventually, I got the hang of it. And I started earning money with a paper route. And I've used decimals ever since. I came to realize that learning those decimals had empowered me, enabled me to count and keep track of my own stuff. In a similar way, Many folks in church, young and old, see unfamiliar hymns, pictures of Luther, talk of doctrine, memorizing the catechism and learning the Bible as a burden and barrier to church participation rather than its point. In worship and instruction, prayer and mutual encouragement, we preserve the hard-won insights of believers who have gone before, and we pass on the divine wisdom Solomon speaks of in our text, what he calls my knowledge, and what he calls the words of the wise, what he has prepared in his own catechism, as it were, of 30 sayings of counsel and knowledge. And the point of it all is that your trust may be in the Lord. So let us meditate this Reformation festival on this central idea. The point of church catechism remembering Luther and the Reformation is that we trust in the Lord. Now sometimes we remember the wrong things. You know, we may remember resentments and disappointments rather than blessings. It's what troubles our relationships with others. We only remember the time our brother or sister hurt us or, or abused us, and we forget the good things that we shared with them. And it troubles our relationship with life. We look back on our lives and think of all the disappointments, all the things that went wrong, rather than recognizing life and its gifts, and its daily blessings. And when we remember the wrong things, it breeds mistrust of God. 
That's why the psalmist in Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How he renews your youth like the eagles. He fills your mouth with good things. He heals all your diseases, etc., etc. Now, just as we may remember uh, the wrong things about our past, some have misremembered Luther. I remember growing up, there were some who, who seemed to regard being Lutheran as a kind of personality cult. Others have seen Luther as a kind of mirror, reflecting whatever their interest or concern might be. Luther, the symbol of defiance, youthful defiance. Luther, the symbol of scholarship, exalting professors. Luther, the one who, with whom God himself struck with lightning and gave the revelation of the gospel which had been lost in the church for ten centuries. Luther, who went through an identity crisis and in the 60s that was very popular to see Luther is going through the identity crisis of, that Eric Erickson talked about. The most traditional misremembering of Luther among us Protestants is Luther as the anti-pope, as if the content of Christianity were to be against everything the Catholics wanted. Some have misremembered Luther. But the history of Luther's Reformation reminds us of that very point, that Christians can miss the point of their faith. In Luther's day, Many had forgotten the point of their faith. Medieval superstition had obscured the gospel. People had a faith in relics, that there was power in, in things that had been touched by the saints. They practiced many things which lacked God's promise. And they were disappointed when their expectations of God failed. During Luther's day was the Renaissance and the humanist reform which directed confidence towards human improvement. They thought this was the evidence of God at work in our lives. Faith in ourselves, faith in our good intentions and our growing knowledge and technology. That was the Renaissance frame of mind. And it's very much with us today where people put their confidence in the achievements of this life which of course fails them at the gateway of death. The Catholic reform of those days focused on works as the product of love. It sounds so good, it sounds so theological, but this love was not the gift of God, but the response of people. It put the onus on the believer to put his faith to work and while there is, that is a part of our Christian faith, it's not the heart, it's not the center, it's not where our trust should lie. And so the function of Catholic reform was to direct people to their own efforts, and this did one of two bad things. It either bred pride, I'm saved, and my works show it, and the rest of you should be like me, taking the glory away from God, or its result was despair, a recognition, if you are honest with yourself, that the heart can never be clean, that the heart is plagued by selfish desires, that human weakness is no basis for confidence of reconciliation with God.
Luther's Reformation recall believers to the gospel of Christ. That gospel has been with the church in every century, giving faith, directing glory to God. But Luther was one of God's instruments in the 16th century to bring it to our attention once again. Reading the Bible as a whole helped Luther and others recognize what our text declares, that your trust may be in the Lord. And therefore, knowledge of the Bible and its translation into common languages is part of the Reformation, an essential heart of Luther's reform. For God's Word, His message, is authenticated by Scripture so we know what He really said. Remember that Satan's approach to, to Eve in the garden. Did God really say this? And that is the temptation that we may face as well, not just in skeptical circles which deny the existence of God, but especially in so-called spiritual settings where people will try to tell you that God wants you to handle snakes or where you can expect a miracle or where you can get your sins eliminated and then you can go back to the old style of life. No, God's word is found in the scripture, in the Bible, and so we can ourselves know the word of God. We can use it to hold ministers to account and not suffer from arbitrary or even diabolical rule from our spiritual leaders. That applies in the here and now, my friends. I need you to be rich in the scriptures, to be prayer warriors, to hold me to account to the truth of God in the scripture so that we together can go forward in mutual accountability as the hand is accountable to the eye and the eye is accountable to the hand, so should our relationship as members of the church, members in the body of Christ. Yes, we are to study the scriptures and understand what God requires. And yet, how many of us bother to compare the claims of a pleasing personality on television who speaks winningly of God? Do we check that person's claims against the truth of God in the Bible? Now, we can trust God's message which conveys his grace and that grace is his gift, his gift of faith. Luther realized that to trust God's truth was less dangerous than denying it before the judges at the Diet of Worms. And he joyfully tells us that there are greater things than even the blessings of this life. That's that line in his mighty fortress hymn, which sometimes troubles people. Now take they our life, goods, fame, child, wife, let these all be gone. The kingdom ours remaineth. There are greater things than even these wonderful blessings that God has in store for those who love him. And faith in that promise is not our work but God's gift. 
And the willingness to sacrifice it all to follow Jesus is not a new thing that Luther came up with, but it is a theme that we find through every century of church history. But every century, it must be relived and renewed each generation. For each generation is seduced by the world, the flesh, and the devil. And each generation must anew discover the power of God in the gospel which helps us to transcend and overcome these three enemies. This trust is the Spirit's gift of faith, received by grace so that only God may be praised. St. Paul makes that so clear in our text today, in our epistle today from Romans. He makes it clear in Ephesians where he says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Only God receives the praise. And Luther's insights were summarized in three Latin phrases or mottos, the three solas. The first is sola scriptura. By scripture alone do we know God's will and promises. Sola gratia, by grace alone are we saved as gift and not because of our works or merits. Sola fide, by faith alone or trust alone do we receive God's righteousness, a new relationship with Him who is the source of all healing, wholeness, peace, and salvation. After church, you might take a look at the Luther seal here in our church window, which has those three solas conveniently translated for you into English. And these center on a solus Christus, that only by Christ and only to His glory are we saved. And in the third place, we are to share that others may remember them and put their trust in the Lord. Solomon mentions this in our text, that you may give a true answer to those who sent you. If all of them are ready on your lips, it would be a pleasant thing for you. Solomon's intent is not simply that you as an individual remember to trust in the Lord, but that others too will put their trust in Him. We are to learn these things and practice them. Hymns, prayers, catechism, etc. Not only for our own sakes, but for the sake of others, for family, for fellow believers, for friends who do not believe, for those in crisis and therefore facing doubt, that we may comfort and encourage one another. Reminding one another that our trust is not in flesh and blood, but rather in the Lord who made heaven and earth. It is not just the believer who remembers, but the church. Those who gather around God's word and sacraments. For ours is a corporate faith, and we are to remember these things corporately that everyone whom the Lord may call will put trust in the Lord and be saved. May the recall of God's acts for our salvation in Jesus Christ 
and the recollection of His grace to Martin Luther and many saints throughout history, as well as your weekly worship and daily prayer, encourage you to have and to share with others that blessed trust in the Lord Solomon speaks of. Amen.